Morning, black family. Sadat here. Got the moment of truth. Just came up on the line. See what the professor's gonna say to this morning. Family and fellow soldiers. Family and fellow soldiers. I'm the professor, and this is the moment of truth. They said, well, if you they win said, by well, if you win by twelve percent, that's a big win. That's gonna be very hard to do. Well, I think we more than double that. Triple that, maybe. They said you'll never. They get said you'll never get over fifty, and I just left, and we're at fifty-four. Now I don't know what's going to happen with it. But they said you can't do that, sir. It's time to give the white. It's time to give the white media first report card for the twenty twenty-four election cycle. They've been telling everybody about how Donald Trump's weighed down by all of these ninety-one plus indictments against him. Well, it's time to see what kind of effect that's had on his turnout at the polls. First Republican primary in Iowa is officially on the books. And shocker, Donald Trump won. In a landslide. And as for Ron DeSantis, for Ron DeSantis he's failing. I would be able to take more. I would be able to take more glee in his failure, except for the fact that it was obvious to me that this is exactly what would inevitably happen from the very this start. This clown spent more time on the road than he did in Florida. He's an idiot, which is why he decided to run for president the second that Trump lost in 2020, instead of at least waiting until 2022 to see whether or not Donald Trump was actually going to try to run again, or at least to see what kind of candidates might be in the field. He should have waited until 2028, but he didn't have that kind of sense. And the only thing more inept than his timing was how he chose to promote and advertise himself as being Trump 2.0. And all of his ads were talking about how much he adored Trump and how much like Trump he is. It never occurred to that moron that if voters saw him saying, I just want to be just like Trump, why would they choose an imitation of Trump when they could still get the real thing? But common sense has always eluded Ron DeSantis, and his would-be Trump Tribute Act might have had a sliver of a chance if he had Trump's charisma, Trump's ability to connect to people, and most importantly, if Trump hadn't run again. But DeSantis stumbled out of the gate. The only poll, and I mean the one and only poll, that ever had this guy seemingly winning was one that came from a Republican lobbying group, not even a proper polling organization. And that was the only poll that had this guy up. After that, he's just been sucking hind teeth ever since. Instead of keeping his powder, his dry, powder dry, he decided, he decided to, to, charge right to charge right in. in. He surrounded, he surrounded himself with a bunch of yes men who would tell him what he, would wanted, him what he wanted to hear instead of surrounding himself with political realists who would actually tell him the truth. He didn't want to be he commander, want to be commander in chief. He decided instead to brand himself as troll in chief. He was trying to get as much face time on Fox News as possible, and he was running as hard to the base as he possibly could. So he decided to embark on a campaign not of running for office, but of performative extremism. He ran businesses out of the he state. state. He left his state a black hole for insurance policies, which kind of matters, in a, which kind of matters in a state that has more hurricanes than anywhere else practically on earth, and also has, and some, also has some of the most expensive cities for Americans to live in. His war on his work, work was irrelevant. His race baiting only, only appealed to the handful of low IQ racist right wingers who were dumb enough to vote for him. DeSantis' problem was that he didn't have a vision. He only had a bunch of slogans. And what exactly was the vision? He was going to ban all the books in America, apparently, because that's what he did in Florida. And who wanted, and who wanted that? He was going to take, over, going to take over all the amusement parks in America. Because that's what he did, because that's what he did in Florida. Now, who cares, now, who cares about, that? about that? He bet all his chips on Iowa. And the goal was to win that state to show that he was a serious contender. He couldn't afford to come in a distant second. Now DeSantis will throw bad money after worse. He's already announced that he's going to be staying in the race to New Hampshire now, even though he got totally trounced in Iowa by 30 points. 
Speaking of money, speaking Ron, of money DeSantis Ron DeSantis dropped a ton, dropped a ton of it because, because it was a must-win state for him. Yeah, he got commentators, yeah, he got commentators saying that he spent $100 million in Iowa, but actually it's $100 million that he's pretty much spent overall. And for what? What's he got to show for Iowa, In Iowa, I know that he spent tens of not scores of millions of dollars. And what does he have? He got less than 24,000 votes for that mountain of money that he wasted in Iowa. That comes down to something like $1,500 per vote. And you scale that out to a national election. Well, this guy's campaign is going to go broke long before he makes it anywhere near the convention. And what are the donors thinking about all this? Well, what they're probably thinking to themselves is there's got to be a way that we can turn this into some sort of tax write-off for ourselves. But they deserve everything that they're getting. They back this malicious, racist clown. And now the joke's on them. No cure for stupid. And speaking of stupid, Vivek Racist Swami, the king of pump and dump schemes, was self-funding his little vanity project presidential run. And now he's and now he's predictably dropped out. And predictably, he's doubled down on sucking up to Trump. That was his strategy, that was his strategy from the very beginning. All of these clowns, of these clowns know that they're going to lose to the orange, to the orange man. man. What they've actually, what they've actually been running for is to be Trump's, is to be Trump's running mate, mate, which is why none of them will criticize him. But it's nice to but see Vivek Ramaswamy basically setting fire to millions of dollars of his own money. Couldn't have happened to a better loser. Speaking of losers, Nikki Haley is a stomped down racist. She came in third in Iowa. And the white media seems to have something of a soft spot in their rotted little hearts for this woman for some strange reason. They would love to see her become president. I guess they figure she's the right kind of person. But this woman is a Confederate flag flunk. She is literally a slavery denier. And when you look at her polling in South Carolina, which she was the governor of, Trump is beating her there by 30 points. So all of her race baiting and playing to the white supremacist vote isn't making them forget about the fact that she's not white. And I'd like to know, what does it say that the two main Indian American candidates running for president are both anti-black racists? There's some serious anti-black racism problems in that community that nobody's talking about. Trump won Iowa overwhelmingly. But I decided to listen to his victory speech, and the first thing I noticed was how subdued he is now. But Trump's victory speech was also an attempt on his part to pivot. A soft reboot, if you will. He started off with the usual, those illegals are coming across the border in droves, they're coming out of the prisons, etc. But that was about the most vitriolic he had become. Then at the end of the speech, he began saying he wanted to work with Democrats on things like immigration. And how important it is to bring the country together. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. That's what he said. And likewise, we're going to rebuild our cities and we'll work with the Democrats to do it. And I'd be glad to work with the people in New York. We're going to work with the people in Chicago and L.A. We're going to rebuild our cities and we're going to make them safe. I was just as surprised as you were to hear that. I mean, did somebody, I mean, did decide, somebody to decide to kidnap Trump and they put in a body double or something? No, I don't think that's, no, the, case don't think that's the case at all. This is a totally this different, a totally Trump, different Trump than we've heard before. He's not doing the usual ton of insults, ton of insults and name-calling. He's actually talking, He's actually talking like, a like a presidential candidate. And his offering an olive branch to Democrats, especially in these big cities, that's not something he did off the cuff. He sees what's happening in the big cities, how the voters, particularly the black ones, are disaffected with Biden. Biden in specific, and the Democrats, and the Democrats in general. Trump sees a Trump political, sees a political gap, gap that he thinks he can slide into. Remember, remember his, poll his poll numbers among women and non-white voters went up between 2016 and 2020, and he only narrowly lost the race in 2020. Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton made the same mistake that Biden's made. Problem for her, problem was, that for her was that there wasn't a pandemic to weaken her Republican opponent in 2016. Hillary ignores black voters. She was tone deaf even for the white working class voters she claimed to care about 
was created an opening for Trump. And now it's, and now happened, again. it's happened again. All Biden's All broken promises, promises and doing black nothing for black voters, trying to cater to people who aren't even citizens because he thinks that he can make them into a new constituency. It's all added up. That's why you see Trump talking differently like this. He recognizes a weakness in Biden's game when he sees it. Biden is having problems with moderates who aren't sure about voting for And he definitely has a problem with all these black voters who are fed up with Biden. Trump thinks that maybe he can woo some of them, or at the very least, he can get them to pay less attention when the Democrats and MSNBC, and MSNBC run around with their hair on fire saying you can't vote for Trump. We can't let him retake the White House. It's not a matter of voting for Trump. It's a matter of whether or not people decide to stay home. Trump is polling ahead of Biden slightly. If he can extend that lead and hold on to it, especially in some of the states that Biden carry, then he will win the election handily. So his talking about bringing the country together, that's a political calculation on his part. And if he puts in the time and effort to actually go to some of these places and actually talk to people and at least pretend as if he cares about their issues, he just might pull it off. There's discontent out there. Real discontent. Biden's senile. His VP isn't worth a rip. And the Democrats are so enslaved to their determination to ignore black voters, they'll just keep on alienating and antagonizing the very people they need to win office. Even if Trump can't attract more black voters, Voters, he truth be told, to. he doesn't have to. If he moderates, if he his, moderates language his language a little, and doesn't engage in the kind of asinine anti-black race behavior that he did during his first term, then black voters, black voters won't feel like they need to turn out to retaliate against him like they did in 2020. Black voters will, black voters will do what they did when he ran in 2016. Stay home. Stay home. That's something that the That's Republicans, that the Republicans have always been hoping to get. Now, of course, being Donald Trump, for those of you who think, oh, Professor Black Truth, you always dump it on the Democrats. That means you're a Republican supporter. No, I do not support. I do not support Trump. After all, at his after little, all, victory, at his little speech, victory speech, right after he got, right after through, he talking got through talking about how he wanted to bring, to Democrats, bring Democrats and Republicans to together to make America better, he immediately started saying, "We also need to make sure that we give police immunity so that they can't be jammed up for all the crimes that they commit." And we're to give our police officers immunity. So every time, so every time they they do something, they don't get sued, sued, and stopped. Going to end crime in our cities. Now, there are two things now, I want to say First of all, First of all, police already police have qualified immunity. Qualified immunity has not been struck down anywhere. They, they still got qualified immunity. The difference happens to be that you got prosecutors who are now fearing the public backlash if they don't indict. You also got juries that actually know that they have to actually convict them. People have seen through the old prosecutorial jury notification two steps. So apparently Trump is thinking to himself, just go ahead and give police immunity carte blanche. Well, keep in mind, how is that different from what Biden's already done? Biden talked, Biden about, talked about how he was going to be doing things like the White House Level Police Accountability Commission, George Floyd Policing Act. But when he got into office, the only thing Biden did was he told his solicitor general to go to the Supreme Court and say that you're going to side with the police. We need to weaken Miranda protection. That's what Biden actually did when he got into office. He stood in front of the police and said, that's what he actually did when he got into office. So once again, Donald Trump is simply saying, saying out loud what Joe Biden, what Joe has, been Biden has been doing quiet. But nonetheless, but nonetheless I, don't I don't give any points off just because the person hasn't been able to carry through on their nefarious plan. plans. The fact that he would even, sit, he would even sit here saying we need to give the police immunity, that's meant to embolden the thugs with badges. I don't believe, I don't believe in rewarding someone like that. But I don't see where the Democrats have been doing anything to impede this or to stop this. They're not running on a platform where it's time to finally get tough on 
these badges. thugs with badges. They're not running on that, platform. Running on that platform. So basically, you got, so basically one, guy you got one guy who say we, need to, we need to give the police more authority. We need to make sure the police are able to kill with impunity once again. We want to take away what little accountability that there's been. And on the other hand, you got the Democrats simply going, on a side note, I said that the Democrats hitting him with all of these lawsuits and these indictments would backfire politically. Because the truth is, only about one-fifth to maybe one-fourth of the American population seriously doesn't like Trump. And most of them are hardcore, hardcore Democrats to begin with. When the other 75% or so of the country sees this mountain of lawsuits suddenly coming at him, how unprecedented this is. That's the main problem. It would be one thing if this happened a lot, but it doesn't. This is unprecedented. never happened before. And all of it coming from Democratic prosecutors. The public sees that and they feel like this is a political operation because it is. Now, the Democrats could have done one, maybe two of these prosecutions, but the suit after suit after suit, it comes off as piling on. And the left wing of the white media constantly talked about how this is going to make it more difficult for Trump to carry out a campaign. Oh, what effect will this have on his electability? Will they still want to vote for him even after he's got 91 indictments? They kept saying that. And what this did was, this assured everybody that this was the entire point of the 91 indictments. A political operation for the sake of wearing him down with all these lawsuits, but the more they pile on, the more sympathetic Trump becomes. Democrats know that Biden can't really make a case for re-election, mainly because he's senile now. He can't even order breakfast at McDonald's. So the Democrats are doing this instead. Rather than drag Trump down, they've raised his poll numbers. Biden's the one who's falling. To go after a former president is not something that can be done with only one party. It has to be bipartisan. You need both Democrats and Republicans to actually agree to it. The Democrats are alone on this. Challenging Trump's eligibility to run for office under the 14th Amendment would have been a better point by the Democrats. But they knew that it would inevitably have to go before the Supreme Court, the one who Trump appointed at least a third of its members to. Then again, the Democrats have no one to blame for that but themselves. They were the ones who decided to allow that decrepit egomaniac, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, to hang around long after her sell-by date. And she lived just long enough to hand the Supreme Court over to the Republicans for a generation. As the Bible says, a haughty spirit before a fall, and dumb would go with before destruction. Now, does this mean that Donald Trump's going to suffer no primary defeats? Of course not. But he doesn't have to win them all. He only needs to win enough to get the nomination. And if the trend continues like this, he's going to have it handled. The turnout that the Trump, turnout Trump got to Iowa, Iowa, despite Ron DeSantis' attempts to recreate Ted Cruz's Iowa victory in 2016, shows that the polls were not wrong about the support that Trump holds at the base. It was a blowout. It was a blowout. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. So he's gone from, so he's gone from being a serious, serious contender to dominate. And as the old saying goes, every victory fuels the next victory. The 91 indictments the Democrats put on him are not weakening Trump's political support. In fact, it's only bolstered it. This was the Democrats' Democrats' entire 2024 strategy. They weren't trying to, make, weren't the trying to make the case Biden for why Biden should be re-elected. They were instead trying to tell everybody, here's why you shouldn't vote for and Trump. The reason and the, the reason the Democrats were trying to give had nothing to do with the economy, nothing to do with the border, nothing to do with national security, nothing to do with health care, nothing to do with issues that people actually care about, like the housing crisis. Instead, they were saying, look at all of these indictments we put on this guy. That's the proof that you shouldn't vote for. And the people in the left wing of the white media told themselves that for so long, they began 
began to buy into their own propaganda. The Democrats were also talking about MSNBC and CNN. They were all talking about how Trump supporters didn't come out when he was getting dragged into court. And they didn't show up when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago either. You want to know why? It's because they knew they didn't have to. No amount of protesters would have stopped Jack Smith, Fannie Willis, Alvin Bragg, or Letitia What's-Her-Name. The only place that Donald Trump needs his supporters to show up for him is at the polls. They do that. They do that, and it won't matter what these prosecutors are doing. When Trump does, when this, Trump nice does this nice talk, it's not because he's trying to cater to his base. It's because he wants, the people, wants the people who oppose him or the ones who aren't sure about voting for him to give him a second look. Hopefully, a sympathetic. A sympathetic one. That's the political. That's the political triangulation he's attempting to do. And there's precedent for it. The turnout for black voters has been trending downwards for a decade now. 2022 should have been a wake-up call for the Democrats. But in reality, Democrats already see the problem. The dilemma for them is that they don't care about holding office. Their main priority, Their main priority is, holding is holding us down. They know that if Trump, know that if Trump gets back into office, first thing he's going to do is weaponize the Justice Department just, just like the Democrats have. The Democrats are at war with him and pulling out all the stops. So you can't really be surprised when he decides to do the same thing. They've definitely got Trump's back to the wall and they've put him into an all-or-nothing situation. That being the case, Trump being who he is, you better believe he's going to throw the rule book out and he'll do whatever it takes to shut down all these court cases and to put his opponents on the receiving end of the lawsuit. He won't care who, won't care who complains. That's some of that That's hard, that hard ball political tactics that he ran like trash like Roy Cohn. This is the this scenario, is the scenario the that the Democrats are facing. Potentially. Potentially. But since they're still, since they're still refusing to so much as talk to the black grassroots, still trying to, still see, trying to see if the scare tactics and hysteria that they pulled three years ago will work this time, they're just trying to BS their way past us again. I say let the orange man take back the White House and let him do his worst. Obviously, the problem can't be as bad as the Democrats claim. Otherwise, giving us our tangibles and passing laws to protect us would have been a no-brainer. They would have done it three years ago. Or they would be openly campaigning on it now. If the country is truly on the edge of a cliff, the quote-unquote end of the democratic experiment in America, if this nation is truly about to fall into fascism, then catering to the most important constituency in the country ought to be a no-brainer. Except they're not doing it. So, since the Democrats are not like acting like they're facing an existential crisis, crisis. I say we shouldn't, say be, we shouldn't be stressing out over it either. Now, this doesn't now, this mean doesn't that we mean endorse, that we endorse Trump, Trump or even I'm vote for him. I'm certainly not. Why? He's not, Why? Offering, He's not us offering us anything. It is not enough, it is not enough for merely for him to give lip service. He has to actually show up with something in his hands that he's going to give us. If he wants black votes, then he needs to come to us and tell us what he's going to do for us specifically. Now, of course, we all know the reason he's not doing that, just like the rest of the GOP. His plan is if black folks just stay home, then you won't have to do anything for us. Well, in that case, far, well, that as, I'm case, far as I'm concerned, to hell with him too. Though having the orange man retake the White House would be a political, be a political humiliation, humiliation and repudiation of Biden, Biden and the two-bit BS artist that he calls his political party. It will put everyone, will put everyone on notice. The rank-and-file rank Democratic, Democratic voters, not to mention the so-called activist class. You know, the people who basically depend on the Democrats being in office for them actually get things for themselves. When they see that basically the only people who can actually put the Democrats in office is us, then this is going to lead to a political realignment, not overnight, but it's going to be the beginning of a change that is long overdue. And if Trump does indeed win this year, the main people you're going to see them blaming are going to be black voters, same way they did when California passed that gay marriage ban back in the day. They will blame black voters, especially black men, you know, like the ones on the internet who are saying no tangibles, no vote. And you know what I say to that?
I say good. I say good. Let those rank Let and those file rank Democratic, Democratic voters who depend on the Dems holding office for their wherewithal. Let the activist class out there. Let them see that it's a brand new day. That at long last, black voters are not scared. They're not scared of the Republicans holding office. And they're not scared of displeasing the Democrats either. Show them that now ignoring the black vote, defying the black community's interests, carries consequences. For all of them. For all of them. Good day. Good day. And be one. And be one. I'd like to take a moment. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Sherman Marshall. Sherman Marshall. Corey Monroe. Corey Monroe. Mark Singleton. Mark Singleton. Jerlene Harris. Jerlene Harris. Going down and slow. going down slow. And salute to them and salute thank to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you.